Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in, so you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw. Amal, we're going to lead off today talking about the college football coaching carousel. And as we continue to get more and more developments, I want to go through the the Power 5 coaches that were hired and then get your take, as you follow college football as well as anybody on the network, your take on their immediate success, where they're going to go next year. We see DraftKings has already posted win totals for a lot of these teams for next year. I want to get your early take. Sure. Obviously, there are a lot of other factors, including the transfer portal, right, that, that are going to be in full effect here. But let's start out with the big hire out west here in USC with, um, with Lincoln Riley. Now, they're 4-7. and seven. They still have a game left uh, against Cal, the, the COVID game that was postponed. They're going to play that late Saturday night here. DraftKings has set their 2022 win total now, uh, eight, eight and a half. Oh, I'm sorry, this last year's total at, at eight and a half, four and a seven. Where do you expect USC to go in the immediate future here? I think you're going to see this team be able to compete in the Pac-12 immediately. Look at this. They just got a commitment from a kid from Los Alamitos, California, that was committed, Malachi Nelson, to Oklahoma. He switches to USC immediately with the hiring of uh, Lincoln Riley within 24 hours. You're going to see a lot of Southern California kids that you would have expected to go elsewhere could wind up at SC. This is huge for USC. You know, it took Pete Carroll about a year and a half to get the program on track. I don't think it'll take him quite as long because the program didn't take over for a coach like Paul Can Hackett. Paul Hackett was the worst coach in L.A. sports history. There was an article in the L.A. Times, I was living in L.A. at the time, after Hackett got fired, said worst coach in L.A. sports history, and they were right. He made Larry Smith look like Newt Rockney. (laughs) That's a great line. Good way to start off the show. That's a great line. 
So I think when you could bring in a guy like Lincoln Riley, look, Clay Helton wasn't necessarily the best coach, but he was liked by the players, and they've got some guys there. It's not going to be a problem. Uh, I, I think this team's going to be highly successful immediately. LSU, uh, their win total was eight and a half. They finished six and six with Coach O. You know, we talked to Tom Hart. He was he was also high on LSU as well as Texas A and M. Say no team was more affected by COVID last year. They didn't perform to that level. Coach O is gone, but due to off the field issues, Brian Kelly leaves Notre Dame. Where do you project the LSU in the SEC West next year? And it's going to be very interesting. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to pull up their yeah. schedule for early mm-hmm. next year. They play Florida State early on. That's going to be a tough game. Good test for Mike Norvell's team where he's going to be at. Absolutely. That's going to be an interesting game. Where's that game. game at? Is that a neutral game? That's in – It's in. Uh, it, we call it neutral in Louisiana. The rest of the world, we call it non-neutral. It's in the, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome oh, okay. in New Orleans. <laughs> Of course, but it, it might be in Dallas. LSU often plays the, their their early season games in, at Jerry World. Yeah, no, absolutely. But uh, no, the game's going to be in uh, in New Orleans, so edge there for obviously LSU. I think he's going to do a good job. I still don't understand this hire. He's a Northeast guy coming down to the South. I, I mean, I know Brent yesterday mentioned that he's he can win living rooms and he can you know really work a crowd. Yeah, but. I'm telling you, he just seems like an oddball kind of fit. What do you make over all the hand-wringing about his four-minute speech to the team, farewell speech to Notre Dame that, that happened this morning? Well, I saw a little bit of it. And i got to tell you, I didn't like the way he introed it. One of the key things about speaking, I've done a lot of public speaking, is you got to know your audience. You know, he goes, this is the best 12 years of my life. My question been, why the hell are you leaving? He should have said, look, this was an opportunity. It was worth $100 million. That's why I took it. Be, you're, that's one of the things that always pisses me off in sports. You know, when a guy takes a contract somewhere else, he goes, well, I decided, like Corey Seager, I decided to go play for the Texas Rangers because I think in the next 50 years we might have a chance to make the World Series twice. That's why he went there. He should have said, listen, I went here because they gave me $325 million. Now, why doesn't somebody be just honest one time, win a press conference by coming out and saying, listen, man, I'm a hoard of the money. I took it. That's it. For Brian Kelly, I'm going to give you three options. What was it more about? One, the money. Number two, one, two, always. Okay, all right. Two, how does he stack up playing against the SEC in the schedule and see how good he really is? Or three, he has a better opportunity to win a national championship at a school like LSU that doesn't have the academic standards that Notre Dame has. I think all three apply across the board. I do think he's got a better chance at LSU because you look at the talent pool in the state of Louisiana. Also, you're bordering on states close by. Texas especially, you can really recruit well. And, and the academic credentials at Notre Dame are always a challenge. Florida goes with Billy Napier, as we thought. Yeah. Uh, is it a good move for Billy Napier? Their win total was set at nine. They finished a disappointing six and six. Can he turn this program around immediately? You know, I'm not going to say yes definitively. I'm not going to say no, because the one thing I've noticed over the last half a dozen years, a lot of coaches go from mid-majors to Power 5 conferences or a group of five to a Power 5, and they don't have the same level of success that people assume they would have at a program that they're coming from. Uh, I think he should be able to do well. Uh, Florida's got to update their facilities. That's the biggest thing with the Gators. Look, they're in a tremendous state where they can get things turned around, and it helps right now that Miami, Florida State, UCF, USF, none of them are overwhelming. One of the uh, more criticized decisions was Virginia Tech, who went with Brent Pry after dismissing Justin Fuente. Their win total was set at seven. We said before the year, if he doesn't win seven games, he's out. That was correct. They finished six and six although they did have a big uh, victory over their in-state rival, Virginia, to end it off. Do you like the Brent Pry hire? I actually do. I think he's a really good defensive coordinator. This is going to be a big loss for James Franklin and Penn State. You know, they gave James Franklin all this extra money. You should have given some of that to Brent Pry because without him, I don't know how successful they'll be on the defensive side. Maybe they're able to uh, do just as good of a job there, but remains to be seen. I like the hire for Virginia Tech because if you look in the ACC 
And if Venables is no longer at Clemson, I think the ACC absolutely becomes available for the taking. And if you look at these teams right now, they're led mostly, and I'm not going to consider Manny Diaz a defensive coach because he can't coach defense. But to me, I, I, this is a good hire. Their success under... Um, when you look at them, they had stability on the defensive side with Bud Foster there when he was the D.C. Speaking of the ACC, were you surprised that Dave Clawson at Wake Forest didn't end up with one of these jobs? No, I'm not. Simply because, look, it's a smaller school. It's a different story. You know, you've got players that stay longer. It's one of the advantages. The challenge is when you're at an Alabama and some of these programs, the turnover so quickly of players. Um, I, I, I'm not surprised at all by that. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out here for uh, Pry. Uh, Jimmy Lake. Very disappointing season. Win total was nine. Mm-hmm. Well, I, re- I, I forgot how high their win total was at Washington. Um, thought to compete with Oregon for the Pac-12 North. That didn't happen. They finished four and eight. They go down to Fresno and they get Kalen DeBoer. I'll say this before you comment, Amal. I liked his offense at Fresno this year to the fact that they were they were balanced on offense. They could run and throw the ball, and I thought he managed games well. I watched about four of their games this year. Yeah, I, I don't particularly like this hire. No. Because for recruiting? Well, First of all, he's never coached at a major school, right? He was at the biggest school he's been at is Indiana. There's a big difference in terms of recruits you're going after when you're at UW compared to being at IU. You know, at IU, if you get a three star, that's like landing a five star. Uh, and now at Washington, you got to go get four stars. You got to. You may not be getting five stars at Washington. He had a great quarterback in Jake Hayner, who, by the way, is a UW transfer. Um, and maybe he transfers back to Washington because he has entered the portal. Mm. But. To me, and I could be dead wrong, but I don't know if Kalen DeBoer is going to be able to go into those living rooms and go get guys that he needs to get. He's going back to Washington. He, right, but but my, my thing is, can you go get the guys? You know, it's a lot it, easier it, for Jeff Hathley when it, he coached at Ohio State to go to say to somebody, I'm going to go get you these guys. So when Peterson left, they stayed with Lakes because he was their top recruiter, right? And yeah. they were like, he will keep these guys in Washington. He will be able – he didn't. Right. That, and that's the real reason that, he, that he's gone, right? right? Um What's the struggle with recruiting people to that beautiful campus? Is it weather? I don't know, but you're right. For people that haven't been up there, one of the top five campuses in the the country, it is absolutely unbelievable UW. But I think the thing is right now, you look at Ohio State's gotten their three of the four top recruits in the state of Washington in the last two years. Uh, I, I just simply think it's that Washington has had downturns in their success. If you look at since the early 90s, since the dog father has been gone, Don James, they win a national championship with him. Kevin Gilbride, no, I mean, Kevin Gilbride, uh, I forgot his name, um, uh, drawn a blank on who it was after uh, Don James. But anyway, Rick Neuheisel did well, but after that, uh, they ran the, Willingham ran the program into the ground. But uh, Chris Peterson went to a, went to a he, playoff, right? He had a team that couldn't score any points against Alabama. Chris Peterson should still be the coach. Yeah. That's he, the problem. He chose to leave, right? I mean, no, they kind of forced him out. They wanted, they? Jimmy, they wanted Jimmy Lake. He was younger. They thought he'd be able to see, uh, bring in in-state talent. I thought that was a mistake. They should have said, listen, if you want to leave, go ahead and leave. You remember that happened with um, uh, Muschamp at Texas. It worked out to be the right thing for Texas. Sometimes the person you have, the grass isn't always greener. Well, Peterson end up, he, I know he hasn't taken a job, right? He's still keeping his media job. Do you think he coaches again? He's not. He's still pretty young. Yeah, he is. And he's in his 50s. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about him, but I think he's a terrific coach. I think he would do well. Um, Texas Tech, Joey McGuire is going to be there, no coach. Their win total was only four and a half this year. They finished six and six. Prospects for Texas Tech now in this reorganized league. Yeah, uh, this is going to be interesting. Again, Joey McGuire coached at Cedar Hill and Dallas in high school until five, six years ago. Then he got hired by Baylor, was at Baylor for a number of years, then went to Texas Tech. I'm not a big fan of bringing in these high school guys. It goes back to the days of Jerry Faust at Notre Dame. We saw it with Todd Dodge from South Lake Carroll at North Texas. We've seen it with some of these other coaches. You don't have, There's a couple of guys that have been successful, Art Bryles and Gus Malzahn. 
So I don't know how Joey McGuire is going to do. I will tell you one thing for people that don't know or are not familiar in the state of Texas. It is not easy to recruit guys to Lubbock. Uh, and finally, TCU, they're going with Sonny Dykes. Uh, Gary Patterson out after over 20 years there at that university. They got the statue in front of Amon Carter Stadium of, of him. Sonny Dykes comes in. He's kind of a will travel in Texas guy. Goes around here and there. They finished 5-7. and seven. Uh, next year for TCU, their prospects in the Big 12. I like Sonny Dykes. I think mm-hmm. he's going to be good hire. You can get that uh, offense going on the hilltop. you got a great chance in Fort Worth because you're in the Big 12. There's a lot of talent within two to three hours. Just go recruit Dallas-Austin area. You'll be fine. With Oklahoma and Texas leaving in the next five years, who will be the dominant program in the Big 12? Now, you've got teams coming in as well. We do, and I'd say what Texas has got a chance to get back on top. I'm going to tell you, this loss of Lincoln Riley is going to be huge for Oklahoma if they don't make the right hire. I can't remember the last time Oklahoma was at such a crossroads. Probably have to go back to 99 when they hired Bob Stoops after they replaced John Blake. Does Mike Gundy's program now become the the, the flagship program? there? I mean, we we think Matt Campbell won't be in Ames long. That, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Maybe people are like you and they're not as uh, enamored not, with I'm, Matt Campbell. I'm, but I'm Mike Gundy's got a great opportunity. You win this game, you're in the college football playoff. Your biggest rival has just lost their coach. You talk about an opportunity for Oklahoma State. Uh, well, let's close with this. Which is the more desirable coaching job right now if you're out there and, and, and you're a Division One successful Power 5 coach or maybe a mid-major coach? Would you rather go to Oklahoma or would you rather go to Notre Dame? And oh. I know there's a lot of factors. Oklahoma. No, it's not even close. The Notre Dame academic requirements are on par with a Stanford or one of those types of programs or Northwestern. That's the big challenge there. Oklahoma has always recruited Texas well. The roster is filled with guys from Texas. What did you think of Brent when he said long shot at Fitzgerald in Northwestern? He hasn't taken any of these other jobs. I don't see yeah. him going to Notre Dame. All right. Okay, we're going to stick with college football when we come back. We're going to break down playoff scenarios as well as the championship games on Saturday. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, just I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of the – Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. 
Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. This segment of Odds On is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, or Amal's personal favorite, Citrus. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strings, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's Z-Y-N dot com slash F-I-N-D. Warning, Zen contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back into Odds On. Amol Shah here with Mike Palm. No Frank Schwab today. And why? Because he's going to be in town this week. He's going to be in studio for two segments tomorrow. I can't wait. Can't wait. It should be a lot of fun to discuss a lot of things going on in the sports world with him. Real quick, coach at Washington was Keith Gilbertson. Keith Gilbertson. Thank you, Amal. Uh, let's talk about the committee last night and a little bit of reaction here. Um, I, I said this yesterday. I said the teams that win and they're in, right, are Alabama, Michigan, Oklahoma State, right? Georgia's in either way to me. If one of those three loses, Cincinnati gets in. If two of those three loses, Notre Dame gets in. Now, Gary Barta, last night when interviewed, talked about the fact that Brian Kelly left will affect the committee putting Notre Dame into the playoff. Yeah, absolutely. There's going to be no question about that. And I thought this was a bad time by Notre Dame and LSU. I mean, excuse me, Brian Kelly and LSU. If you're LSU and you're Scott Woodard, why don't you just sit there and say, hey, listen, we're going to make this announcement in a week. The only thing I can think of is the early signing period in college football. They're concerned about that. But they couldn't wait until next Sunday? Yeah. I, I believe this, and now some people disagree with this. Cincinnati's fourth, Oklahoma State's fifth. I've heard some, especially on Mitch and Paul this morning, say 
And Paul Howard's one of them. If Cincinnati wins and Oklahoma State wins, Cincinnati stays fourth. I don't. I disagree. Disagree a completely. Big Twelve one loss champions getting in over Cincinnati, especially their one loss was Iowa State on the road in Ames. It's a very credible. They led most of the game. I had them plus seven. They lost by four. They led most of the game. Absolutely. I think Oklahoma State gets in. If everybody wins out, that's the favorite of the of the four that we're talking about: Michigan, yeah. Iowa, Oklahoma State, Baylor, yeah. Cincinnati, SMU, and Georgia, Alabama. You said Mitch believes that Alabama would get in with a close Mitch loss. Mitch believes if Alabama stays within one score, they're in over Cincinnati. No, here's why it's not going to happen. Do we want to see a rematch of Georgia-Alabama? Because it's going to have to be 1-4. What are you going to do? Have Alabama catapult Oklahoma State with one loss who's a conference champion and Michigan who's a conference champion with one loss? I might have agreed with him had they not played so poorly against Auburn. Not only that, the other thing is, go back to the Mississippi State game. I mean, I mean, sorry, the Arkansas game. That was another game in which they, they were fortunate to win that game. They won by seven. Now, they were in con- command of that football game. All I'm saying is you're not going to have a rematch in the next game afterwards. Alabama will have the signature victory being Old Miss mm-hmm. at home, yes. right? So they will have beaten number eight at home. Cincinnati beat number five on the road and has no losses. I, I, don't, I can't make the argument. I just can't get there. But I definitely believe, and, and I believe this, Oklahoma's resume as a Big 12 champion with one loss, having beat Oklahoma and having beat Baylor twice, Right? Ostensibly three top ten schools, they deserve to get in over Cincinnati. Well, I tend to agree with you. And to me, when I look at it, um, I I think Oklahoma State wins their in. There there are three programs right now I think they completely control their fate, which is Oklahoma State, Michigan, and Georgia. Those three win their in. And if Alabama wins their in, Cincinnati has to rely on getting one of these teams to lose. That's the bottom line. Let's start with the Big 12 championship game uh, in Jerry World. That's the first game at 9 a.m. Pacific time on Saturday morning. Baylor and Oklahoma State. This line has moved them all, the most of any of them. Six. This, this game opened four. It's up to five and a half or six now. You agree with the move, and are you still willing to lay this price, this number of points, with uh, with Mike Gundy's team? I'd have been willing to lay up to seven here. I think this defense has played so well. I thought that game against Oklahoma, look, Caleb Williams is a different level quarterback in terms of his mobility and what he can do, but I think Oklahoma State this is the best opportunity they had in the Mike Gundy era. You talk about a program-changing, program-defining opportunity. It's here for this team. I'm not saying Dave Aranda and company wouldn't be a huge win for them, but they're not getting in the playoff in all likelihood. Is this Dave Aranda's last game at Baylor? Where's he going to go? Notre Dame? I I mean, I don't know. I don't think he goes to Oklahoma, do you? Listen, if you're OU, you bring him in. I I think you're very competitive. I I don't know if they're going to do that. I I don't really know what Joe Castiglione's going to do. I haven't heard too many names surface. Um, you know, I talked to somebody who's tight with the Oklahoma program. They're not sure who they're looking at. They said Venables is a guy, but he doesn't interview well. It depends, but Joe knows him well. Does he hire him is the question. Oklahoma State shut Baylor out in the first half in this game, the first time around. Ended up giving up 14, I think. You like the under here, 46 and a half. I'm not going to play it. I like the side here. Forget the total. Look, three two, three picks last time around. Oklahoma State's going to dominate, in my opinion. His style point's important for Oklahoma State. Win and you're in. Win and you're in. 100%. Yes, absolutely. All right. Uh, let's move on then uh, in terms of uh, chronology. The next big game is Georgia-Alabama at 1 o'clock, 110 Pacific, 4 o'clock on the East Coast. Uh, this number now has settled in at 6.5 in favor of the Bulldogs. Total dipping. You were on the over when it was 50.5. This thing's down to 49.5. Is your best play here the over? Yeah, it is. And I'll tell you what, I think a lot of people are reacting to what we saw out of Alabama's offense against Auburn. Now, I still think... It's a rivalry game. Give them credit. They played well. I still think Alabama's going to put up points. I think Bryce Young is too good. The other thing is, remember, they had uh, injuries at the running back position, which they're still banged up at. I remember, though, 
Jamison Williams was out for two and a half quarters of this game. That makes a huge difference. This is a Blitnikoff finalist. He's got the type of def- uh, speed that can take the top off of the defense. I think Georgia's going to be able to move the ball in Alabama, and I think Bama will be able to move the ball at times against this Georgia defense. Bill O'Brien abandoned the run game here and tried to throw the ball. No one has been able to run the ball on Georgia. You know, I was surprised <laughs> they kept on going to the running game against, against Auburn. Auburn. <laughs> I didn't understand that. I said, you got an elite quarterback. You've got an elite-level guy. Make him th- just throw the football, and you'll be able to beat these guys. But I think because Williams wasn't there, um, it had a huge impact on the passing game. I think they'll be just fine. Um, this is the second most important game for Georgia in the last 40 years. The, the biggest one was against Dan Marino in the, in the Sugar Bowl for the national championship no, with no, Vince Dooley. I'm going back to the uh, Dooley and the dogs back then. Buck Don't, Baloo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm talk, the national championship against Alabama, which they blew. They You're had a second down to the SEC title game. No, what I'm saying is that game they oh, should have, which the, they could have, should have the won. They shut out yeah, Alabama. <laughs> they shut out Alabama in the first yeah. half of the game. But more importantly, if they were to lose this game, I don't know if you can mentally ever recover and think you can ever beat Alabama. You've got. Well, what if they lose the game and win the national title? They don't have to face Alabama again. That's possible. I'm going to tell you if they lose this football game. If Alabama wins, are they the one seed? Yes. Okay. They're, they are. They the will one be seed. the one seed. Yes. And Georgia will be the three because they're not going to or two. two they're two not going to ma- rematch Michigan, them if they Georgia, can. Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma State. It would be Georgia, Michigan in a semifinal, assuming yes. Michigan wins, right? Yes. Don't you like Georgia in that matchup? I would think so, but the way the Wolverines played, what's that? Be a heck of a game. It really would. You got to give Michigan credit. I'd They're take seven team. if I could get it in that spot. I would agree with yeah. you. I tell you, nobody talked enough about the job Cade McNamara did for Michigan in that game. I thought he was unbelievable with this. If throws. they didn't have three bad calls go against him in the second half in East Lansing, we'd be talking about Michigan and Georgia as the best two teams. I think. I would agree with you, and I think that gets completely glossed over. You know, actually, you bring up a good point that I didn't think about just now, which is if Michigan wins in dominating fashion, they could be the one seed. They could be if Georgia loses. And if Oklahoma State wins, you drop. Do you agree with the committee that Alabama should still be ahead of Cincinnati in terms uh, of this ranking? Who's Alabama's loss to A&M? Ranking. It's A&M at A&M. Yeah, they're going to give them credit for the win yeah. against Ole Miss. I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's kind of nitpicking. Remember, the schedule oh. with Cincinnati is not that strong. All right, we've got two plays out of you in two games already here. We've got Oklahoma State laying the points, and we've got over 49 and a half. All right, let's pass forward to the next biggest game, which will be the nightcap. Uh, from Indianapolis, Iowa against Michigan. Look where you, depending on who you like here, where you find this line. This number's up to 12 in some spots, right? This number varies from 10.5 at DraftKings to 12 in some spots, including Caesars here. Opened 11. Some sides have taken Iowa money, more have taken Michigan. I firmly believe that Michigan money will pour in here later in the week, and this game will go off at at least 12. I tend to agree with you. I think we'll see a lot of Wolverine backers in this spot. I think this Iowa team offensively is just too challenged against this very solid Michigan front. And especially the biggest problem Iowa's going to have is they're so determined to run the football that sometimes if they're not running it effectively, you cannot be in second and eight and third and nine against Michigan. You're going to have real problems if they're just sitting back having to throw the ball and uh, Michigan's able to tee off on them with a pass rush. Do you believe to lay the points here, Amal, or are you just going to watch this game and look for an endgame opportunity? I just kind of watch the game, yeah. If, if you were watching the edge yesterday here on this network and one of the finalists for the afternoon, Mitchie, um, Matt Eumann said, I think Mike Palm's starting at quarterback for Iowa on Saturday. They've been offensively challenged. They probably have a better chance. They, they might, but they'd have to run the wishbone. I was a wishbone quarterback in junior high. Um, let's, talk, let's take a look at what to me is a very interesting line and you you jumped on this. Utah-Oregon, the rematch. Utah was three at Rice-Eccles. This game opened the same on the neutral site here in Las Vegas. It's down to two and a half. Shouldn't Oregon actually be favored in this game? I think it should be a pick em. I right. love the Ducks here. <laughs> I, I think they're going to win this football game revenge spot. You get embarrassed like this, it costs you an opportunity at the playoff. 
As long as Anthony Brown doesn't go full Anthony Brown, <laughs> Oregon's got too many athletes. I like this. Got a better surface here. You're going to be playing at Allegiant indoor track. Uh, I, I like the Ducks here at the plus 115. I agree with you. Any thought on the total? 60 down, down to 59 and a half. Uh, 60 down to 59. No, no opinion on this one. Okay, and then let's touch on the ACC game. This doesn't have any playoff implications, but could be a could be a shootout uh, in Carolina. Wake Forest against Pitt, one of your favorite quarterbacks, Kelly Pickett. Pitt lane three, 72 and a half. Terrific matchup quarterbacks. Like Hartman, I like Kenny Pickett yeah. a lot. They're both outstanding. I'm going to give the edge to Pittsburgh because they have a better defense. Uh, it's going to be a fun game to watch. I'm going to tell you right now, I think Pitts gets into the 40s here. I like the over 72 and a half. Here. I would agree with you as well. All right, when we come back, we're going to take a look at teasers in the NFL this weekend. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN holiday offer is here. Right now, when you sign up for our $99 midseason football special, you'll also receive a $20 credit to the VSIN store. Get all of our expert sports betting analysis, insights, and data for the rest of the football season. Plus, $20. To buy VSIN sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry, this is a limited time offer, so sign up now for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at vsin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back into Odds On. I am Mike Palm with my partner, Amal Shaw. Let's talk a little NFL now, Amal. We'll have Frank Schwab on tomorrow to discuss further. But I want to talk about teasers because yeah. this has become, for me at least, it's become almost the only way I bet the NFL, right? I mean, I, I like games here and there. But it's really tough to beat these these NFL numbers. They're so sharp. So I want to start out with Thursday night's game, Cowboys and Saints. Cowboys right now a four-and-a-half-point favorite over the Saints. Are you tempted? I'll give you the choice here, and I'm, and I'm going to give you what I think are the two most reasonable choices, okay? Do you take the Saints up over 10, or do you pass the game? Uh, Ten-and-a-half over ten-and-a-half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Giants, Dolphins. I've, I've been on a roll with these Dolphins. I've, I've, I think they've improved. Giants obviously had a better performance at home against the Eagles. Freddie Kitchens now calling the plays right. instead of the clapper. Jason Garrett. Dolphins are a four-and-a-half-point home favorite in South Florida. Do you tease the Giants up to ten-and-a-half, or do you like the Dolphins in this spot? Uh, I wouldn't touch this one either way. I, I don't like either side. I, I don't want to... Um... Uh, touch this one. Remember, though, Daniel Jones' injury is a big question mark now. Whether he's going to play Sunday or not is some of a concern. So something to pay attention to if you're looking to back the Giants or is, go against them. Is the Dolphins' little win streak here? They went from one and seven to four and seven now. Is this masking the fact that they need another quarterback, or is two of the answer moving forward? No, they need another quarterback. You I, think they know that? I oh, absolutely. Okay. Colts, Texans, Colts, Texans. You like the Colts to make the playoffs. They're laying eight and a half on the road against the Texans. Do you tease the Colts down to two and a half or the Texans up to 14 and a half or pass? You know, uh, when I look at this one, I would uh, tease the Colts down. I think they're playing really well overall. I think they're going to be able to win this football game. I actually think they're going to cover this number on the road, even though it's a division opponent. Um, that was a disappointing loss against Robert Sala's Jets. I mean, you can't put up points against that team. Who are you going to score against? And really, the the last three quarters of the game were dominated by the Jets, if you watched that game. Yeah, absolutely. Houston got off to a lead, and then they really did nothing after that. I thought Tyrod Taylor and company would have been able to overcome the Jets. That's a win on if you're circling it if you're thinking going into that game. Vikings-Lions, it was a classic game in Minneapolis the first time as the Lions hung around, hung around, hung around, finally got the lead with less than a minute left. 
but the field goal wins it for the Vikings. Vikings are a touchdown favorite on the road. Do you tease them down or do you tease the Lions up here? Uh, I would tease the uh, Lions down. I think the Vikings win this game. As Detroit team, I don't know how many uh, bullets they've got left in the chamber. How many times can you emotionally come I, back after games you think you should have won? Well, look at the look at the game they played against the Rams. It was like their Super Bowl. They they pulled all the tricks out of the bag. And they didn't win that game. They came back and absolutely it was a no show against the Eagles. Remember? Yeah. Now you you're ahead against the Bears on Thanksgiving Day with the whole country watching. And you end up, you should have at least had a chance to go down and kick a field goal to win, or at worst, a touchdown to win with a minute and a half to go. Your coach calls consecutive timeouts, and you let the Bears kick a field goal as time expires. I don't know what's left in the Lions as well. I like the Vikings in this spot. Eagles at Jets. The Eagles lose. Uh, they Well, they get to stay right there at MetLife, don't they? They lose to the Giants there. Now they're going to take on the Jets. Eagles are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Do you tease the Jets up over 13, or do you tease the Eagles down to a half? Uh, I tease the Jets up. You know, the Eagles have to show consistency. It's been a bit of a problem. Now, I think they should be able to put up some points here against this Jets team. But How about the total of 45? I tease it over. I tease it down or, to 39. Or you don't tease total, so do you? I, I don't, but I'll tell you, I, the one area where you could do it is if you bring the total down. I would not tease it up. I would never tease it up. Up, exactly. Yeah, but you could tease it down. it down if you like overs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Cardinals-Bears, interesting matchup. Chicago's been a tough place to play for every... It always is, though, right? Soldier Field's always a tough place for teams to play. Cardinals go to the Bears. They are laying 7.5 in Chicago. Do you tease the Cardinals down, or do you tease the Bears up over two touchdowns? Uh, I tease the Bears up. I, I think you take 14.5 on a 7.5-point teaser, minus 140. By the way, does anyone not try to rob you on the uh, money on the teasers anymore? No, I don't think so. If the juices goes up and up as people play them more and more. Um... I like the total in this game. Not talking about teasers, but I like the total under here in this game. Yeah. I think this is similar to Seattle and Arizona in this respect. The Bears offense is about in that category with what Russell Wilson is right now. Um, the foot, This just becomes a big game in Las Vegas this weekend, actually. The football team currently now bumped Minnesota out of the last spot in the, in the NFC. So currently a playoff team. The football team is here in Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. Raiders are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. First of all, tell me if you, how, how you feel about the game, and then would you tease this, this game up with Washington? Uh, I lean towards the Raiders here, less than three at home, uh, but I would tease Washington up. It's going to be a tight, competitive game. going to come down to probably one possession or final possession. I think it should be a lot of fun. Where, have the Redskins signed a kicker yet? Sly's going to be out three weeks, right? I haven't, I haven't seen who they brought in yet, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I mean... Maybe they'll bring in Vizcaino. I still can't believe they could. They didn't have anybody that could try Come a 20 on, you could kick a 20-yard field goal. Oh, there's no question. Especially if you've been on an NFL roster the whole year. You can't practice. Doesn't the punter? There's an emergency. That's what I'm saying. The punter should be able to even, do that. Even that girl, Sarah Fuller. If she squibbed that little kick, she could have got it 20 yards, I think. Uh, Bucks, Falcons. This is interesting here. I've seen this number as high as 12. It currently sits at 11. They're at Atlanta. Atlanta's not out of the playoff race yet, right, in this wide-open NFC, but Tom Brady and crew are laying 11 on the road. Do you tease them down under a touchdown? Do you tease the Falcons up, or do you pass on this game? I pass. Not that I think Atlanta's going to be competitive against them, but I don't know. I just think there's better games to tease. If you, To me, when you're teasing down, you want it to be under a field goal. And when you're teasing up, uh, 17's yeah. a big number at home, but I mean, Atlanta could be playing dead right now. To me, there's two spots to tease. When a team's laying a touchdown, yeah. or when you think a, a field goal or less dog can win the game. Then you tease them up over a touch. That's about it for me. Yeah, I would agree with you. Brent there. disagrees. Brent says there's more value in teasing these teams that are between 7 and 13 
under the seven or over the 14. He says it's too often ignored. That's what he said when I was on, he was on the Megapod. Well, I would agree with him there. Yeah. I, I think if you can get in between that range, yeah, you're in great shape. Jaguars um, lost at home to the Falcons. They make the long trip across the country to SoFi to take on your Rams, who are still searching uh, for a good performance after about four or five weeks. Rams here. Is this justified? Laying this many points, 12 and a half at home? Do you tease the Rams down under a touchdown, or do you tease the Jaguars up over 17? Uh, to me, I would tease the Rams down. I think they, they're going to take care of business here. So you get five and a half, five, six, six and a half. I wouldn't want to tease it. My God, forget this game. Now, Amal, you have the ticket on the Rams to win the NFC. Yeah, Correct. no, but I mean, Correct. you know what? It's getting I'm cold here. About, I'm going to use it in the like fireplace. To, I'd like to. T- I can't pin you down on a bet, so I'd like to talk about your feelings on your your future ticket. And what do the Rams need to do to become relevant in the NFC again? They went from being a from being a, a one seed down to being, uh, you know, kind of forgotten here. They've really stumbled lately. And Matthew Stafford playing like the lion, Matthew Stafford. Yeah, absolutely. That's the biggest thing. He's got to get his confidence back. I think it's a good opportunity to do that against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Look, I think the NFC right now, the team to beat is the uh, Green Bay Packers. I think they've got a great chance to get home field advantage. That head-to-head against Arizona is going to come into play potentially down at the end of the season. Can we say the NFC is down to three teams? Packers, Cardinals, Buccaneers. I tend to agree with you. Now, that doesn't mean somebody else can't make a run. But realistically, yeah. we thought they were, I thought. Absolutely. Right? I I would agree with you. Yeah. That's the way I I handicap it right now. And you're never going to count Tom Brady out, right? I mean, they, they... and they're going to be a division champ. They're going to be one of the top three seeds as well. Um, Ravens at Steelers. This is always a terrific rivalry. Uh, Ravens, four-and-a-half-point road favorites over a Steeler team really struggling right now. Do you tease the Steelers up, or do you like the Ravens laying four-and-a-half in the spot? Uh, I, would, I wouldn't get involved in a Steelers game. I don't like this game at all. Got four-and-a-half? That's crazy. They're laying that number. This is a series that's always tight and competitive. This is a perfect example we talked about the other day. Steelers look awful, and then they come out and they win a game where you don't expect them to win. Broncos at Chiefs. Chiefs are laying 10. Do you tease the Chiefs down, or do you tease the fighting Fangios up? Uh, I, would take, uh, I would take Denver plus 16 or 17. I, I agree with you here. I think they stay competitive in most games. Their defense is solid. And the big thing is Bridgewater doesn't make mistakes, right? If things go, they're like Iowa to me, Denver, right? If things yeah. go well in the special teams and with their defense, uh, they're going to be in these games. Okay, which ticket would you rather have? Vikings miss or make the playoffs? It's a pick 'em, 110 either way. Vikings miss or make the playoffs? Uh, the Vikings make the playoffs. Coach of the year at 8 to 1, would you rather have Zach Taylor or Mike Vrabel? Uh, I would go with now Zach Taylor. You think Cincinnati's going to. Close out the season strong. What does what the Bengals have to do to forget Zach Taylor, coach of the year? Make the playoffs? Yeah, make the playoffs. You think he could get it just based on that? I think so. Because mm-hmm. uh, they also, been, remember, they're in a far more competitive division. Tough for Vrabel now. Vrabel was in great shape until they start blowing these games. And but they, they also get four games a year against Houston and Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, offensive player of the year. These are both plus 225. Would you rather have Jonathan Taylor or Cooper Cup? Jonathan Taylor. Unbelievable. How good is this kid? Cooper Cup's putting up some impressive numbers as well. For MVP, would you rather have the Roadrunner, Kyler Murray, at 12 to 1 or Patrick Mahomes at 10 to 1? Uh, Mahomes, because uh, Murray's missed games. That's why. And quickly, the Colts at 10 to 1 to win the South or the Browns at 9 to 1 to win the North? Uh, Colts. Colts, even though the math is against them there. All right, when we come back, I'm all in and the Palm Reader Playbook. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my, my dance, <laughs> Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in, so you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. This segment is brought to you by Bet Rivers. This NFL season, they offer more same game parlays. You can do this better than any other place. Add more same-game prop parlays. You can find this at BetRivers. Go to BetRivers.com. Very succinct. I'm all welcome back <laughs> into Odds On. Uh, one and one for you last night in college basketball, and you should have been 2-0. and Yeah. <laughs> Rice with a 12-point lead at halftime. Decided not to come out of the locker room. Start in the second halves. Half. All your teams are up big and half and blow these games. I know. I was thinking about that yesterday. I was, there, was a, there was another game I was watching yesterday. I forgot who it was. And they were up at halftime, and they end up losing the game. So, uh, really, really no surprise that that uh, folded. Unfortunately, uh, College of Charleston gets the win there. Yeah, so they almost folded that game too. They had a ten-point lead with about three minutes to go, and it's a, it's a fight for your life. They're late. Let's start out in college hoops again tonight here. Uh, BYU Utah Valley. 
I like this game over 138. Utah Valley really shoots the basketball well. I think you, BYU runs away with this one. I think the second half turns into open gym, Mike. I think we're going to see a higher scoring game. Should get over 140 in this one. Penn State minus three at home against Miami. I don't understand the love for Miami here. This line came from five down to three. This surprises me. I don't think their Miami's going to be able to go into State College and win this basketball game. This Jim Laranega squad is going to be mm, under 500. They're in AC, they are bad. They're going to be under 500 in ACC play. I like Penn State at home minus three here. This Penn State team will defend better than they have in the past. I like them in this one. And then Arizona State at home as Pac-12 play begins tonight in Tempe against Washington State. Wazoo just comes off a loss against Eastern Washington. Don't really have any quality wins. ASU is not quite as good as they've been in years past, but I still think they get the W at home in this one. Okay, we went 2-0 and in EPL yesterday. Both those games went under. We had a sweat out, uh, two goals in the second half of the first game, and then uh, the, the second game was, uh, was, was more of a rocking chair. Leeds gets the penalty in added time and is able to convert. I think a big win for Leeds. Look and see if they turn things around uh, moving on. Wolverhampton, Burnley's underway. I think they're in about the 15-minute no score. lane 135 here. You could have got this play on Bill 80's Best Bets email if you are a VSIN subscriber. Amal, let's talk about the six games to close out the ACC Big Ten Challenge and go off tonight. First, I want to start with, were you surprised by the Ohio State rally in the second half last I, night to beat Duke? I really was. I think it was a 14-1 run to close out the game. Duke didn't score in the last 420 of the game. Well, you know, they didn't adjust in the second half defensively. I was really surprised the way Duke uh, handled it. Uh, I thought the Banchero play should have been called a flagrant mm -hmm. one. Uh, it wasn't, but uh, give Ohio State credit. And then Liddell with a big jump shot uh, when they were up one with about, I don't know, 15, 20 seconds remaining. But I, I didn't think Ohio State would really be able to play with these guys, and uh, they did a nice job here. Okay. Uh, we sit in a position right now with the Big Ten leading 6-2, to two, six games tonight. ACC needs to go 6-0 and to win, 5-1 and one to split, the, split it this year. Let's start out in East Lansing where Louisville takes on Michigan State. I'm all Michigan State laying 3.5 with a total of 135.5, up to 4 now at DraftKings. Don't like the number in favor of Sparty here. It's a little bit high at 4, but I think Michigan State's going to win this basketball game. Always tough at the Breslin Center. Not quite what they were about a decade ago, but Louisville, I know they played well against Mississippi State, and they're, they're getting better and better as the season progresses, but I think it's going to be a different type of challenge here. I like Sparty at home. All right, let's move on at College Park. Virginia Tech is taking on Maryland. Uh, Maryland, a one-time ACC school. This could yeah. have been an ACC matchup at some point. Maryland at home, lane one over Virginia Tech, total of 132. You know, I'll tell you, a coach we haven't talked much about that's going to be in a lot of pressure this year is Mark Turgeon, Turgeon? of Maryland. Yeah, now, this is a program. They've got some pre pretty decent players in there. We'll have the uh, transfer from uh, Georgetown, the big man in there. They've got some decent talent. They should be able to win this game, but, Mike, I think it's going to be tough to call. I think Virginia Tech is going to be a team that you look at in the top three to top four of the ACC this year. What about Maryland? Is Maryland a tournament team? If they weren't in the Big Ten, I would right. say yes. If they yes. were in the ACC, they might be. Yes, there, right? exactly. Yeah, I think ACC so. ACC is down this year. It is down. It's Duke. It's, it's going to be very top-heavy with Duke, and I think the rest of the teams are going to kind of be scattered behind them. Uh, Nebraska goes to Raleigh to take on NC State. The Wolfpack favored by 6.5 at home with a total of 147 them all. Got to go with the ACC team here. I don't want to lay six and a half, but this Nebraska team inconsistent. I like NC State here, minus one and a half. Uh, they should be able to win this game and be able to cover at PNC. I think the key game of the night here for the conferences is Michigan at Chapel Hill. Uh, I think on a neutral here, they're about even. Michigan's still favored here. I'm not impressed with Michigan. Look, I saw them in person uh, here against Arizona in, in this basketball tournament we had here in Las Vegas. I just don't think they're great offensively in the half court. I don't think they can shoot the three. 
But North Carolina has shown an inability or a, a lack of want to play defense so far here under Hubert Davis. I tend to like UNC at home here, plus one and a half. What are your thoughts? One forty-eight, eight and a half. The total. You like North Carolina? You I said? like North Carolina in this spot. Yeah, I, I stay- didn't. It's not an official play, but I lean Carolina here. I think they win the game. Tonight. I stayed away from this game. I thought it was a <clears> tough <throat> matchup. The one thing that has to be remembered with Michigan this year: they don't shoot the three ball like they have in years past. They're just yeah. not the same team from the perimeter, and that's a big concern. And Dickinson gets in foul trouble. I think they've got more challenges as you go forward. Carolina's got height. They got some length. They're going to present some problems, and they rebound extremely well. But can they defend? That's been the problem so far. We saw in that game against College of Charleston, really took a great effort out of North Carolina in the second half to come back. Michigan, though, you mentioned that game against Arizona. I don't know if there's a team in college basketball before the season started that was bigger under the radar than U of A. I think this team, what's that? They're very good. Absolutely. I I think this team's going to be a— What's the kid's name from Cameroon? Uh, Local, Christian, something like that. He's very, very good. I'm going to butcher his name, but uh, to me, when you look at this team— they're dangerous, but Michigan is a good basketball team. Now, the money's coming out Michigan. They've gone from one and a half to two and a half. Yep. I still favor Michigan because of how they'll defend, but uh, we'll see what happens. Should be a good game. Uh, Wisconsin is in Atlanta tonight to take on the Ramblin' Wreck of Georgia Tech. The Badgers, impressive in the holiday tournament here in Las Vegas, laying three and a half on the road, 132. Yeah, uh, Brad Davidson in his 15th year now, co- collecting a Wisconsin State pension probably. <laughs> um, you know, when I look at this matchup, I like Wisconsin as a better team, but I don't want to lay three and a half on the road against them here in uh, in Atlanta. Preseason, I think this number would have been Georgia Tech favored. Right? I, I tend to ahead, agree right? with you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but Wisconsin getting a lot of love for what they did out here in Las Vegas. Uh, stay away spot here. I think this is going to be a critical game in terms of the challenge. I'm, I'm not sure. I think Big Ten gets the two wins tonight with Michigan State and, and with Penn State. And NC State. Oh, no, that's, that, uh, that's yeah. uh, ACC. Uh, Michigan, yeah. I don't think they can win it, though. They're not going to sweep here, and I think they're going to lose at least two, if not three. All right, uh, you talked about uh, Penn State. You like them laying the three here against Miami. So let's move on. Here's a, uh, although not in challenge, Florida against Oklahoma. SEC Big 12 matchup. This should be a good game. This is at the Lloyd Noble Center. Uh, Florida laying a point on the road. 135 and a half. Another under-the-radar team so far this year are the Florida Gators. You know, Tyree Appleby had that big shot against... um, against Ohio State to win at the buzzer beater. Uh, and I'll tell you the other thing, when you look at this team, uh, can they control and can they contain Castleton inside? That's going to be the big challenge for this uh, Oklahoma team. But I like Porter Mosier's squad in terms of how they defend Mike. To me, this is a play, and I, I hate saying home dog because they're catching one, but I, I like Oklahoma here at home. No, I was going back and I was researching Bill Arnsparger because of, I wanted to talk about the ghost of Bill Arnsparger and his time at LSU and Remember, he, he left LSU because he was unhappy with a couple of scandals involving Dale Brown. He became the AD at Florida after that, Arnsparger. He hired Lon Kruger at Florida. I forgot about that many, many years ago. With uh, They had the Demet hook, Demetrius yeah. Hill. Um, the clerk. They made their first Final Four with yes. Lon Kruger, yeah. right? And then Early and 90s. Then, yeah, like 94, I think. And then, Somewhere around there, yeah. And then the success with uh, Donovan afterwards. Okay, uh, another uh, intersectional matchup here, or interconference matchup here, Utah was taking on USC tonight in Los Angeles. The Trojans favored by 7.5 with a total of 135 of them all. Mike, uh, you know, it's funny. Britton and I, our producer, were talking before the show about this game. And I'll tell you what, I like USC. I think USC is a very much a threat to Arizona and to UCLA to win the league this year. Their length and what they can do defensively is going to be a real challenge for teams. I like uh, Oklahoma, Excuse me. I like USC in this game uh, laying the points at home against Utah. Who's going to win the Pac-12? 
Well, you're going to favor UCLA. I mean, there's no question about it. But I think Arizona's right there, and I think USC's another challenger. Those are the top three teams in the league, and then I think there's some separation and pretty severe separation between everyone else. All right, in the association tonight, I'm all the 76ers are in Boston taking on the Celtics. Celtics, three and 206. Yeah, uh, no play here. Uh, Boston's inconsistent for me. That's my one problem with the Seas. Let's see what they do in this game against Philadelphia here, but not, not going to touch this matchup. Uh, this this team comes in just at over 500. Remember, Philadelphia was without Joel Embiid for, what, I think eight games. Him getting back in the lineup like he did last time around, you're going to see a big turnaround with this team moving forward. Charlotte Hornets are in Milwaukee taking on the Bucks. The Bucks are 9 to 30 and a half. I know you like to take the Hornets with points at home, but they're on the road here. Yeah, I would still take them with the plus nine here. I think it's a few too many points. They're a competitive team, but Milwaukee comes in. I think they've won seven in a row, playing extremely well. A little bit of a big number here, and I see now the numbers tick down to eight and a half at DraftKings. Cavs are at the Heat, Heat four and a half, 206. Uh, this Cleveland team can really defend. The one thing you got to look at with Miami is the injury situation because remember, Jimmy Butler didn't play in the last game, Morris didn't play, Oladipo also. He's going to be out, so it's going to be interesting to see. Tyler Hero. Um, right now is listed as potentially being out. He missed the game against Denver, so you got to check the lineups for Miami. Amal, it's my understanding there was a big game in the NBA last night in Phoenix. A lot of people were taking Golden State. They were getting two points. Phoenix won their 17th in a row. Think about it. A couple of years ago, they only won 19 games all year. Yeah, real big turnaround. Chris Paul's been the catalyst for this. I saw the end of this game last night. They did a really nice job. I thought this game was more important for Phoenix than it is for Golden State because Golden State doesn't even have playback yet. And remember, they only have three losses. This and they have a rematch dangerous. Friday night. They're gonna, the two teams are going to play again. Warriors. All right, we're right in the midst of the Mitchies voting. It's neck and neck with Stormy. Get in there. Cast your votes. Best PM show. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free at 